welcome again to another Women in My World podcast. I'm Sherry Rigby, and I am here today with Jean Wagner, and she is the owner agent of Treasure Coast Talent. Jean is one of the women in my world who has been shaping and influencing me and many others in the television and film industry since 2014. But what I love is her story. When she actually started in the industry, it was because she was assisting her son who was dreaming of becoming an actor. So in 2016, she officially launched Treasure Coast Talent, and she took a leap of faith and became a talent agent in Florida, then feeling inspired, God called her to move all the way across the country to California in 2019, and she became a talent agency, SAG franchised agency, which is a big deal. We're going to talk about that today in Los Angeles. And now she is representing men and women who use their talents and gifts to glorify the kingdom of the Lord. And we are just so thankful to have you, Jean, as part of our world. So thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you with me. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you, Sherry. I am so excited because not only do you represent me as well, but also I've been more so, first and foremost, I'm able to call you a friend. And I got to meet you before you represented me. And I just remember the first time that you and I met. In fact, I think it was on the red carpet for a Movie Guide Award, uh, the awards in 2020. And we all know where the storm was getting ready to go at the beginning of Mm -hmm. 2020, right? And so here you were. Um, had time with you. We were were there for Overcomer. And I just remember the words of encouragement and so many people sharing about you as an agent, as a woman of God, as somebody who really was representing them, not only their talent, but their faith, and that you were um, just that person who was walking alongside of each and every person helping to craft their career. And I thought, what an impactful story that is. But as I started to get to know you, all of a sudden I start hearing the story that goes way deeper and the call that God calls you into this industry. It's crazy. We're going to talk about that. But before we launch in, I, you know, my first question I always ask Jane is how do you define success? And I think it's a really important question for each and every one of us to answer, especially as believers. So I'm going to ask you, how do you define success? Well, I think the best answer for me would be, I really think the the best place to always be is in the center of God's will. And so I believe success is when you're living out the calling that God has given you. And I think that's where you're going to find the most fulfillment, the most peace, um, the most energized. And so to me, success isn't about the money. It isn't about the fame. It isn't about all the accolades. It's about using the gifts God has given you for his glory and for the benefit of others. I love that. And that actually really does play into your story because that's exactly what you've been doing. You have been using your life, your success, and your story to really help and serve others specifically in the industry. And I would love for you to share a little bit with the women, the listeners right now, how God called you into this industry, because it definitely, we all think about the seasons, these, you know, having to be 
you know, at a certain place or a platform or an age or whatever that might be to be able to do something like this. And God calls you in at a different time in life. So share a little bit about what that looked like for you. Absolutely. Well, just to give you context, when God called me into the TV film industry, at that current time, I was running Miss Jean's Play School out of my home, (laughs) a preschool (laughs) ministry outreach in the community. And I've been doing it for six years. I was very content in it. I was ministering to not only families in my church, but friends of families in my church. I was, I was, um, with some families, I was on their third child and um, as a preparation for going into um, preschool. And I had been an elementary school teacher prior to that. So I was kind of living out my calling in that season and was very content. Um, but my son at the time was a teenager, um, very involved in, in um, stage acting and was very curious to get into TV and film. We lived mm-hmm. in between Miami and Orlando. So we weren't, there wasn't anything right there where we lived. Um, any any agents, managers, anybody to kind of help us along. And so I kind of just started being an advocate for him, helping him to create a little backstage account, helping to submit him for things and just kind of vetting out projects. And his first gig he got was to, he was hired um, to be a promotional model for a faith-based feature film at the International Christian Film Festival. So after he booked that, um, he was going to be walking around as a World War II soldier wearing an authentic uniform and handing out flyers. If you were there at the 2016 um, International Christian Film Festival, you would have seen him um, with a group of soldiers. And he basically said, I have no idea what to do there. I don't know anybody. Will you just go with me and kind of keep me company? So I merely went to keep him company and just to be an observer. First time at a film festival first time at any type of faith-based film event. And it was that weekend that literally my heart just started pounding. And one of the impactful moments was when I heard Alex Kendrick speak in Mm -hmm. a session. And he told the story about Flywheel and a little bit about how God just kind of carried them on their journey um, with the vision he had given them through all, all of the different Kendrick Brothers movies. And by the end of that 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 time, I mean, I was literally in tears because I started just feeling this changing in my heart. I'm going to get teary-eyed right now. <laughs> and I just felt like I was saying, Jean, are you ready to be used? And I was like, yeah, I thought you were using me, you know, with my little preschoolers. Um, but I felt like I was saying, I need you to make yourself available because I have plans for you and I just need you to trust me. And I went home that from that weekend, talked to my husband really prayed and discerned about it. And a few weeks later, let my families know that this is my last year of Miss Jean's Play School. And they asked me, what are you going to be doing? I said, I'm not quite sure what, (laughs) but I feel like I need to make myself available. And that is when um, God started that call in my heart um, for Treasure Coast Talent. Wow. I love that. And I love that he actually, I mean, I think about school teachers and they are multitasking. Yeah. They're encouragers. Uh, you know, you're having to be pretty selfless in mm-hmm. your acts and and just humbly serving others. And so I love that the Lord put you in a place where he was actually training you up. I know that Absolutely. might sound kind of weird, but it's almost like he was training you up and, and really, really sharpening the tools that you were going to use to start working with all the talent because your roster now is pretty, pretty big, right? I mean, you're actually managing and tasking, multitasking all day long with, I mean, how many, do you know, 
what what's the roster number right now? I know it's pretty big. I think last time I looked on um, IMDb, I think it's like maybe 170 or something. Um, wow. I'm not sure. Yeah. But no, it is true. And there's so many times I've thought about that, that so many things along the way in my life, God yeah. was giving me skills and preparing me and building up my confidence to be able to trust that he had given me those skills. Little did I know that it would be leading me to being an agent because you're right. So many of the jobs I've had in the past and experiences I had in the past help me Mm -hmm. to prepare for what I'm doing now. And um, I had no idea, you know, it wasn't ever a desire in my heart. You know, someday I want to work in the film industry. I'd never even thought about it, never had a desire to. It was literally God calling me and me just saying, okay, God. And in fact, when I signed my first few people as a talent manager, I would give a disclaimer. I just need you to know, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to work hard and I'm very passionate, Mm -hmm. you know, but I I felt like I needed to make, you know, I had to kind of say, um, I'm just really new at this, but if you're willing to trust me, you know, let's, let's go do big things for God. And I was very thankful to have people that, that took the risk on me because I was a nobody. I had no background or experience in the industry, but, um, I'm very thankful for those who are, you know, who took that that chance on me. Well, I think it's fantastic. And I think the other portion of your story too, that really touches me because I feel like this is so often uh, the precursor is also us to be able to say yes to the call on the life on, on yes. our life. And, you know, there are times when I know the Lord has spoken to me about doing certain things and I'm like, there is no way, Lord, it's way out of that. I mean, that's too big. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know yeah. what that actually looks like. And yet he's going, you know, if I'm going to appoint you, I'm going to anoint you. Yes. And I'm really, but, but it's about being a willing heart or an, mm. a vessel to be used by him. And so, you know, I hope that every woman that's listening today really does tap into that because not only your story, my story, and many other stories that I know, it wasn't really about all the skills and all the education and all the things behind us that really, um, you know, gave us a, gave us a, a a footing in the industry. It's really just being obedient to the call in our life and what God was calling us to. And I love that he actually called you in to work uh, specifically in hearing Alex Kendrick first, um, because I think, you know, Alex and the Kendrick brothers in general are, they're so influential on, on so many of our lives. And so I love that he puts you in this position to go with your son, you're willing, and then you hear Alex Kendrick. And the next thing you know, you're launching into this career that God has called you to. I I wonder, did you ever, I mean, I know that you said you were in education and stuff, but when when you're talking about representing clients and specifically, I'm assuming a lot of the stuff right now you're working with, do you feel like you're primarily in the faith and family world or have you journeyed out into secular or where, where do you feel like the agency is at right now? Yeah. A lot of people assume I only do faith-based work. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm probably best known for my work in the faith-based film industry, but we also um, submit to um, the breakdowns um, in the mainstream market. And it seems like those bookings are the ones that that a lot of them are on, under NDA. So we can't talk about yet until they come out. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for 2023 and you'll see, <laughs> and you'll get to hear about some of the projects that we booked um, this past year in the mainstream market. But um, a lot of my actors not only want to do faith-based work, but they also want to do the mainstream work. And they they see their calling as missionaries 
in the mainstream market um, and to be a light. And so I fully support that as well. And I also understand that my actors are going to have some different boundaries and they're going to have some different um, choices they make on the roles that, that they take on. And I fully support that. And I always say if there's a role or there's an, an audition that they don't feel comfortable with, we just decline, you know, gratefully. And then we move on. But um, I have no problem with declining auditions and because I want every actor to be taking on roles that they truly be- believe in, that they connect with, with projects that they, they really desire to work on. And I don't want people to just be taking everything that comes their way. And so I, I support their discernment um, in that process. And, but mm. a lot of the actors are doing both mainstream and faith-based. That's incredible. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges that I'm sure you're facing in the industry right now, because that's something we discuss a lot of, you know, when we're together as women and we're sharing about things, whether we're auditioning or not auditioning for them, the content that's being created. Uh, We don't really know a lot of times what a television show is going to bring. We a lot of times only get an episode or maybe even just a a side or two. Uh, Whereas a feature film, if you're usually at a place where you're in a callback situation, a lot of times we can actually read that feature and we can make some some decisions, you know, as whether or not it's a, it's a story that we feel like we're supposed to be involved in. What right. are some of the challenges that you're facing with that, specifically with talent? And how are you tackling those in the industry today? Because we are facing so many obstacles um, across the board, whether it's anything from political to sexuality to whatever that looks like. How do you tackle that? Yeah, I, I would say to start, it's very interesting on the agency side what the breakdowns look like. Some of them, I just look at them and I appreciate when casting directors are very forthcoming about the content. So I know right off the bat if it's not going to fit the actors, which saves us all time. (laughs) Um, Others, it is definitely harder when it's a TV series, especially if it's a recurring role, because you could come on board with your character and at that point where you come on board, you're very comfortable with the content, but it could always go in a different direction. So it's definitely, um, I'd say riskier um, and can be a challenge. And it really takes a lot of prayer and discernment. Um, It helps when it's a show that's already been out and around Mm. for a while, because you, Mm -hmm. you are able to go back and watch previous seasons and get a feel for the writing, get a feel for how far they push the content. If it's a brand new show, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions there. So um, it's something that I really try and navigate through um, with my actors. Like you said, with a feature film, it's a lot easier because oftentimes we can get the full script. And I usually encourage my actors to read the full script if at all possible, so that we can get a very good feel for the storyline, the content. Some actors are mostly concerned about what their character is doing. Other actors want to know what's going on in other scenes with other characters because they know that their name is going to be attached to it. And I don't have my own, I I don't try and project my own um, personal uh, expectations and values, you know, on on every individual actor, because everybody's kind of coming from a different place. But I really try and ask them questions to help them come to their own conclusions. And then whatever they decide, I support them. I I feel like that's the best way. So we don't have our standard as a roster where everybody has the same boundaries, Mm -hmm. but within the roster, there's a range, but they tend to be on the more conservative side as as you probably know. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think it's one of those things we're all facing right now because you do have to make, I think you have to make those decisions a lot of times before you even get the content, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, where do I stand now? Because definitely. Oh yeah. Have your boundaries determined ahead yeah. of time. And I always say to my actors, tell me your boundaries yeah. because I will help you stay accountable. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you're making them up as you go along, you wait till you get a role offer, then you're like, will I do it? Well, I won't do it. it it's so yeah. much more challenging because you're all emotionally connected and tied into it then for sure. Right. Right. No. And I, that's such a great point. I think always having your boundaries and setting those standards in advance really does even help you to propel you to where you are going to go to the next job. What is it that you really are willing to do? Um, Talk to us a little bit about, because the culture has changed. It's shifted so much. I mean, when I started in the industry and moved to Los Angeles, we were still going into the casting room. Mm -hmm. You know, we would get an audition. Uh, You know, the numbers were big at that time as far as how many people were submitting for a role. But we were still getting uh, into the room with casting director, a lot of times producers. So we were able to have human contact and to be able to engage with them so that they could actually see maybe the character that you're bringing to life in the room in front of them. What are you seeing? How are you directing or sharing with your talent in this day and age, like the tools that they need to have uh, specifically up online and how they're preparing not only their tools, but then also putting the auditions up in advance? Are, can you tell us a little bit about that and share that? Because I know that's a big question for all of us in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Well, I will say some of the biggest challenges came about um, during you know the time of the self-tape was the actor's who had been in LA for a long time or Atlanta and were used to going into the room, they had the mm-hmm. biggest challenge kind of yeah. overcoming this new whole self-tape world. Whereas the younger people who that's mm-hmm. kind of all they had ever known and done. I mean, they just kind of took off with it. And it was, it was kind of um, the more ex- most experienced actors sometimes had the hardest time adjusting to the new way of auditioning. And what I, I, say to all the actors is, you know, just when you think you know how we're doing it, it will change. <laughs> so you you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to pivot um, when it comes to the headshot looks that are that are um, current. I always tell my actors, no matter where you are, LA is still going to mm-hmm. always be the standard. So make sure if you're in Illinois and you want to be an actor, you know, if you're getting an Illinois photographer, they need to be up on what the standard is in LA. You know, I usually don't recommend getting someone who normally just takes senior photos and does wedding photos because yes, it'll be a picture of you, but a picture of you and a professional theatrical headshot are two very different things. So whatever's going on in LA is you, or New York, Atlanta is usually going to set the the tone for the whole country, no matter where you are. And, Mm -hmm. and it also goes along with just the importance of continuing to train, um, not only on the methods of acting, but also on on the auditioning skills needed. Um, Self tapes mm-hmm. have really kind of taken over the whole audition process. And like you said, rather than seeing maybe fifty people in a room for a role, they might see hundreds of people through self tapes. So right. how are you going to be the one mm-hmm. that they choose? You know, what are mm-hmm. you going to bring that's going to be different from everybody else? That's going to set you apart that's going to make them believe that you are the person they've been waiting for. So everybody's game has to really, um, you know, 
in, increase. Everybody, it's it's tough. It's more competitive than ever because of mm-hmm. the self tape um, casting process for sure. Yeah, it's and it's not changing. I mean, if anything, it just seems like it's going to stay with the self tape and, 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 and and there is a lot of convenience too. It's, it's like, you know, when you're talking about them, like, Oh man, I'm the old dog that needs to learn new tricks, (laughs) you know, because that's, that is a tough thing to, because we are really used to that human response. Um, and I, and I think even as performers, when we step on set, you know, we as a creative are ready for human interaction or, you know, a lot of time the performance, or there's an encouragement there, or there's, you're working with another actor across from you. And so it does take a lot to shift the perspective to put an audition up in a room. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. When you're when you're talking about some of the things right now with the, you know, when we're talking about the audition process, uh, you know, we definitely, I know so much of, I work with so many people and have for so many years in the faith world. How do you think that the faith world is coming around to the audition process? Are they using the same, the same techniques and are, are, are there a lot of platforms? Are we seeing a lot more television coming out by creatives right now that are in the faith world and, and films? Like, how are you seeing that growth? Because it feels to me like there is a lot happening in our world of faith and family. I'm very excited. I think not only are there a lot more opportunities for actors mm-hmm. in the faith-based film um, genre, but just the quality is is improving so much, mm-hmm. which is just super encouraging because Christian actors want to tell great stories with great scripts yeah. and they want to have a final product that they're proud of. And I think Mm -hmm. just even since I've been working in the industry, I think everything is improving and the the bar is being set higher and higher. And um, I'm so encouraged. I'm very excited. No, I love that. When, and, and, and I think for me, you know, coming off of this last movie that I directed, you know, I really... I mean, I've been directing now for several years, but to see the process of post and -hmm. what happens in post and the storytellers that are in post as well. You know, one of the things that I, that I have really enjoyed in working with talent recently also is talking to them about the creative way that they tackle a script because Mm -hmm. so often when they're not prepared at a certain level to step onto the set, understanding how their characters are developed, how it arcs, where the end of it comes. A lot of times, unfortunately, when we turn the finished project product, I should say, or at least the rough cut over to an editor, all of a sudden you start to realize that a lot of those beautiful scenes that an actor so thought was going to be there for them and their reels, a lot of times end up on the cutting room floor. Now it can end up there. It's so heartbreaking. (laughs) 
and it can end up there for a lot of other reasons as well. But um, I think that's a big conversation anymore, even with talent, is to understand when they step onto set how they're prepared. But then also, how do you talk to your talent about actually acquiring their footage? Because let's say it doesn't end up in the movie. Uh, Let's say that they've been promised this footage. Let's say, you know, I mean, do you help them work through that to get it? Because the next thing I want to talk a little bit about is the demo reel process. Because not only do we know the headshot is one of probably the number ones, but number two is probably that demo reel. And I'm sure you see multiple all the time. So how do you want to get your talent to engage to get that footage? And number two, um, you know, when you're in the process with them, are you working through the process of editing with them, this demo reel? Um, as far as getting the footage, I normally um, recommend that my actors reach out to the production directly first and mm-hmm. just ask, asking them who the, the contact is. Because within the production team, there was a lot of people with a lot of different roles. So first, just start by asking, is there a specific person that I should contact in order to get the clips for my reel? And then once they've reached out to that person, if they haven't heard back, I always say, do a very sweet, gentle reminder. And if at that point you haven't heard back, I say, then I'm happy to reach out to them on your behalf and just follow Mm -hmm. up. Sometimes just that extra little nudge, if they haven't gotten the materials before then, uh, really helps. But I usually recommend my actors first initiate that conversation on their own. And then I kind of, I'm I'm the backup plan. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm happy to help. Now, when I was a manager, a lot of my time was spent helping them to choose clips for their reel. Um, And I had a very small roster and I had the time to do that as an agent, just due to time, that is just something hard for me to do. But I, there's so many people out there that are very talented at mm-hmm. editing reels, including filmmakers who might be in between feature yeah. films that they're working on or TV shows that, you know, everybody needs that little bit of side income sometimes in between projects. If you're an actor, if you're a filmmaker. And so um, oftentimes there's people in your circle or people mm-hmm. that you can you know, ask your actor friends or filmmaker friends if they have somebody in their circle that has great skills. And then I always recommend asking to see some of the reels that they've already edited because it's very important to make sure that the quality, especially because I I believe it's expensive to do a reel. Um, So making sure that that the value is is worth it, um, that you're spending. But usually, you know, when all the actors are talking to one another, they'll know of who to recommend um, to help with editing editing the reels. But it is so, so important because like you said, if the headshot makes them click on the reel, don't let them click on the reel and say, ooh, (laughs) this isn't good. Make them go, I want to see more. I want an addition from them. So that's so important. Those steps are so important. And the actors who try and kind of say, well, you know, I'm just really talented. Once I get the audition, I'm going to blow them away. Well, we need to get the audition first. (laughs) And these are the important steps that will help you get that audition. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, that goes to saying even with the demo reel, and I always say this is, um, and it's really interesting. And I remember years ago, and I didn't know this, it's all like that working and sharpening it, but I realize it now with directing and watching reels is that when I go from a picture to a reel, I need to see the actor first. I don't want to see 
the other person that they're doing the scene with. And I remember that being such a big part of it because it's a really difficult challenge sometimes to get these scenes and you have, but that's where it comes in with the editor to really finesse those scenes because we want to hit the person over the head first and foremost with Absolutely. the face or the action of the talent versus the other person that they're watching. So I, I love there's so many tools and techniques that, um, and hopefully we just keep sharpening and growing people so that their tools and all the things that they have in their toolbox gets better. Absolutely. And like we were saying with the headshots is make sure the quality of the reel is up to the LA, New York, Atlanta standards, because that is what, that is your competition. You're, you're competing with the best of the best in those markets. Mm. So whether you're in a small town, if you want to be competing for the big feature films or the big TV shows, your quality should not show, you know, it, it should not show where you're from. It should show as if you were in the major markets because you, you have that, you have that reel and you have that headshot shot to kind of support that. And like you were saying about the reels, that's kind of a big pet peeve for me as well. If I start watching a reel and there's a few people in the scene and there's two people that look kind of similar and I have to go back to your headshot to say, which one am I supposed to be watching? (laughs) That's not good. Or if I click on the reel and there's another person and I'm drawn to that person instead of you, then that's not good. And the other big thing is the slides at the beginning. I don't think should be there. There should not be this intro slide that comes in with your name and no. a headshot. Punch them right away with that. This is me. This is my best work. And mm-hmm. um, and right away. And I was talking to a casting director once, and I said, okay, when they when these actors upload a one to three minute reel, can you tell me how much of the reel do you watch? Like, yeah. you watch like ten seconds, and they laughed and said, ah, I start with three, and I was like. There you go, guys. If the first mm-hmm. three seconds doesn't grab them, you're going to lose them. So yeah. it's so important right from right from the gate that you really, really have a strong reel um, so that they will either continue to watch more or that is enough for them to say, I want to see them in, in the room. I want to give them an audition. So super important. Don't leave your best for last at the end of the reel. No. And that's, a, that's such a great piece of advice. I, there's so many questions I have for you, and I'm sure that everybody that's listening, I want to go back and ask you a little bit, because I know there's there's a lot of ladies that are listening right now, and a lot of mamas that really have worked very hard. In fact, I've met several here, even recently in Georgia, who really are walking alongside of their their teenagers to help them with an acting career. And you did the same thing with your son. What kind of advice would you give to a mom or a dad that is really, they know that they have a child that really wants to pursue a dream in acting. And uh, how would, how would you guide that parent on this journey to walk alongside of them? That's a great question. Uh, First of all, you know, make sure number one, the child really has that desire and it's not your desire Mm. for them. I come across some parents and the more they talk, it sounds like this was a dream of the parents from when they were younger. Now Mm. the child has some potential and they're kind of living out their own dream dream for the child. And maybe the child is not in this season um, there yet or will ever be. Um, So just make sure that this is really your child taking the lead with this desire Um, and make sure they have the talent. 
so that you're not encouraging them to go into something that is not going to be the right thing for them. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that is just really discerning, you know, getting them that that training, really vetting out the people that you put your child with to do the training, because it's so important at that young age, not only to learn the skills, but you're also molding and shaping their hearts. So making sure that um, that you're not having your child compromise their values in order to get uh, the next step in their career. Um, so just, you know, protecting their hearts and, and just vetting out projects, um, getting them connected with the right people. And, um, and when your child is in a project, you know, it's important to how you handle yourself as a parent. There's been some children that kind of whose careers were hurt because of the behavior of the parents. So make sure that um, you are supporting your child and you're not hurting their career by the way you behave, Um, either talking behind people's backs about productions or casting directors or agents or actors on set. And just, you know, it's important to you kind of to check your heart with all those things as a parent as well. Absolutely. Such a great point because, uh, you know, as the parent, you're going to be with that child for a long time until they're of age. And if the production wants the child, but don't want you, guess what? (laughs) They're going to probably go for another talent. And I've heard of children who have lost roles because the parents um, were high maintenance and the production just didn't want to have to deal with the parent. And it's, it's sad for the child because the children had a lot of potential. So yeah, it's important to, you know, to take all those factors into, into consideration. I want to twist just a little bit here in turn. We're, we're wrapping up on our time, but a couple questions that I want to ask you as we start to, to come to the end of our, our conversation today is uh, one, how do you stay connected to the Lord is number one. And number two, how are you pouring into other women in your world that really are uh, that you're walking alongside, whether it's in the industry or or day to day life at home with your family. Oh, great questions. Um, I'm blessed to to belong to a wonderful church um, mm-hmm. and really get get fed there on a regular basis, and just you know, just daily, just just giving God my day and just trusting that that He would orchestrate my steps and and would you know guide me and direct me in who he would like me to talk to and how he would like me to handle a situation and just realize that, you know, every blessing that I have comes from God. And I've Mm -hmm. been entrusted with this responsibility um, to use the gifts that he's given me for his glory. So it's just a daily reminder that I'm not in control, um, that God is in control and just giving every day to him um, and just allowing him to use me as he calls me. Uh, For me, I think, um, the relationships I have with my my actresses um, is definitely different than maybe a typical agent client relationship, and mm-hmm. I sometimes just feel called to just be an encourager to these women who, um, you know, it's a roller coaster ride, as you know. I mean, you put yourself out there <laughs> for rejection on a daily basis, um, and it can it can get very discouraging. So I really try and just love right. on the women on my roster and try and be an an encouragement to them and show them um, my faith in them and my belief in their talent and encourage them to continue to be using their gifts um, for him. I love that. I love that. Well, and I think that's so important. And that's exactly, Gene, why God's put you in that spot. That's why he has 
put you in this place in this position to be an agent and you have a lot of incredible women on your roster, a lot of women who are in my world that I get to do life with. And I, I really I love, love that. Yes. Uh, I would say as we're, we're wrapping up, just, I know there's women listening right now who are going through different seasons in their life and they just need some encouragement to continue to keep dreaming. And I would love for you just to share with them, you know, how might they pursue their dreams in this industry or how to keep dreaming a dream that maybe they didn't, they didn't even know God was going to bring to fruition. What would you say to those women listening? How would you encourage them today? Yeah, I would say if God is putting something on your heart, and it kind of, you're wondering what it's for and what it means, just, just start walking in it. Mm -hmm. And just, if God is calling you to something, he's going to give you all the tools to do what he's called you to do. And even though it sounds like such a crazy idea, start exploring it, start being open to it. And at least Mm -hmm. um, considering that God might be calling you to do this thing. And if he's calling you to it, he will give you everything that you need in order to fulfill that calling. And it's important, like you said, to say seasons. There was a season I was a stay-at-home mom with my four kids. There was a season I was teaching. There was a season I was doing Miss Jean's Play School. And if God's calling you to something and you don't feel like it's right now, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Sit on that calling and just continue praying about it. Continue to be building relationships with others. See if God is affirming in others what, he's calling you to do. And just kind of, it's one, one day at a time. And he might be calling you to do something now that you might not actually do for five years from now, 10 years from now. But what he's going to be doing now is building you up and preparing you for whatever that is he's calling you to do. I love that. I love it. And and I was going to end us there, but I have one more thing I want to talk to you about really quick. Um, you, you were part of the movie Life Mark with the Kendrick brothers recently. You had a lot of talent that were part of this movie. And Life Mark is actually a movie that touches your own personal life, your own personal story. And here we are where we see art uh, imitating life or life imitating art, right? It's this, this, this really incredible thing that we get to watch and be a part of. And I would love just for you to take a couple minutes here to share with our listeners, what was it like to work on Life Mark? Tell them why it was an important part of the process for you. And then what was it like for you to be a part of this movie and to see what it's doing today? Oh, wow. Life Mark is just such a beautiful movie, just such a beautiful story. And it represents kind of small pieces of each of my children's adoption stories, which is kind of really neat. Within that whole movie, like I see a little bit of each of my children's stories And what I love most about this movie is that it gives honor to the birth mother Mm -hmm. um, and it shares her side of the perspective because oftentimes with adoption, once a couple adopts a baby, it's all about them. It's all about the child. It's all about the new family. And -hmm. and it's easy to forget why, how you became a family. It's because of this amazing birth mother that carried this child for nine, nine months, chose you to be the, the one to carry this child and raise them for the next 18 years. And um, so I loved about this, this movie. It just reminded me of how much love and respect we have for our four children's birth mothers. And um, the first time I met Melissa, I just said, thank you. Thank yeah. you for representing our children's birth mothers so well. 
And um, I just pray that more and more people get out to the movies to see this. And when it goes to streaming, watch this movie, share it with others, because I truly believe that this is how God is going to make a difference because Mm -hmm. pro-life can become so political and it's not political to me. It's personal. This Mm -hmm. is how I became a mom. So I just pray that the story of the the pro-love, the pro-adoption, the pro-forgiveness, the pro-healing, all of that will be what's highlighted with this movie. And people would invite as many people as possible to see it. No, I love that. And and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there's a, I always talk about mapping, you know, God does this thing called mapping Mm -hmm. and we see how he does it all the way through the Bible, whether it's relationships or it's circumstances or whatever that might look like. And, you know, I'm thinking about here you are an adoptive parent walking alongside of your son who decides he wants to be an actor who then takes you into ICFF that takes you to hear Alex Kendrick speak, who now all of a sudden you have all of these talent that you're working with and, and loving on and encouraging and bringing up through this industry. And now here you are as a part of a movie called Life Mark. Then through the whole entire process, you see it was all mapped together. Like there is nothing coincidence about life that we walk and we do with Christ. And so, so often we want it to go really fast, but when we Mm -hmm. start to look through this mapping system like that, we start to see all of the elements that have had to come together. God's timing is so perfect. Yeah. And our son, the son that I went to ICFF with and and Mm -hmm. heard Alex Kendrick speak was the one um, that I've taken him to meet his birth mother. And I was there with him when he first met his birth mother. And so that scene with Dawn and Raphael um, at outside, I mean, that was exactly our story. And so just, yeah, full circle. Funny thing about my son, I have to say real quickly, he's now a full-time accountant. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> he is not pursuing acting full-time, but he, he, always jokes with me. He goes, mom, you're welcome for your career. So he even sees that that season that he was pursuing acting, God was using that to help me launch into the TV film industry. Now he's a full-time accountant, not pursuing acting, but he knows that that season was so crucial to God calling me into the industry. So he always jokes. He says, mom, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. And you know what? It started with your obedience and you opening up your hands and saying yes to something you had no idea what you were getting into, but you trusted in God and his plan on your life. And here is the fruit of what we're seeing that today. And so... Jean, I want to thank you for being one of the women in my world and so many other women that I get to do life with. And I love to be able to sit with women and hear them talk about you and share your name and have the smile on their face that you are encouraging to them. You love on them and you absolutely invest so much time and energy into them. And so thank you for that. Thank you for making your mark on this industry and saying yes to the call in your life. And um, I just, I want to say thank you for being with us. So hopefully you and I will get to do this again in the near future. Awesome. And thank you for what you're doing. You're making such an impact for women all over the world. And just keep letting your light shine. Thank you so much, Sherry. Love you. Thank you, Jean. Well, women in my world, I want to thank you again for joining us today for another incredible podcast. I'm telling you what, if you 
don't walk away from this inspired, activated, motivated, and propelled to continue to follow your dream. I'm not sure what's going to do it, but I ask that you would launch in, get into the word of God and just spend some time with him because just like Jean's life, you can see the fingerprints of the Lord all over it. We might not have an answer today or tomorrow, but God has a great plan for your life. And so I want to encourage you to continue to keep going. Um, So make sure you share this podcast with some of your friends on Edify, Spotify, Apple, and uh, make sure to check us out at thewomeninmyworld.org. We love you and we hope to continue to help your light shine. Mm -hmm.